Well, shall we? Let us begin. I know. How do we do this? I forgot. <laughs> right. We're back. We're back. After a bit of a hiatus, vacation, time away, uh, we're all back. Uh, as per usual, I'm Dorian, joined on my right by Jake. How are you doing, man? Doing good. It's good to be back. Yeah. And Matt, how are you, my friend? Doing fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah, great to be back to talk about music. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel like it was like way warmer last time we, <laughs> it was. we came together. It, it's wild what two it. weeks will do, the right? The sun yeah. is still out, but it is freezing. It's fucking cold. Shorts and shit, yeah. It's yeah. Cold. <laughs> uh, but let's fucking dive right in, huh? What do you, we're going to go with Jake first. Uh and I'm excited to talk about this one. This was a good. This was a good pick by you. Uh, but what do you got? Yeah. So um, I picked some R&B, some uh, Joyce Rice, mm-hmm. um, Joyce Rice Overgrown. year 2021 um definitely one of my favorite like up and coming uh like especially female vocalists in mm-hmm. r&b um pretty cool the obi strip i know i saw that when i came in i was like what yeah, yeah. it's it's actually crazy and i wanted to talk about this too because it's kind of insane how much it's like just grown like vinyl like it's crazy how like expensive they're getting nowadays and like rare yeah they're still very like frequently pressed yeah Mm. um a lot of people still you know go after records and stuff um she dropped like at the time that she was releasing her album uh like a bunch of exclusives um and there was some that she signed um some that are like really limited um there was only a hundred of these made like one of those damn Mm -hmm. rad that's really pretty cool, cool. Yeah, it's yeah. got like a like a poster that it ha- com- comes with inside and like it's like signed and stuff so it's pretty cool but yeah man one of my favorite albums for sure in r&b so i was i was like kind of here and there if you guys would like it um and i like that we kind of took a while too to like kind of listen to it mm-hmm. i felt like i appreciated all the albums more because of it but yeah what are what are, you, what are y'all thoughts uh, just to kind of piggyback off the point you're making about how like the the vinyl prices have like you know kind of gone up, and especially, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot, Jake. Uh, you know, anything that basically anything the Alchemist does or anything like you know uh, Griselda and that group does yeah. is because it's like. You know, there could be artists or fans of any artist and they could have a huge fan base. But as soon as you start getting more niche with it and how like that fan base kind of dwindles down and then you put something out on physical, especially vinyl, like that group gets even more like dwindled down into such a finite group. And so they know that they can make money off of putting out only a hundred certain copies of something because people will pay the money for it. But it is it's just wild. But in terms of this album. Jesus, man, uh, it's great. You know, I, I'm glad that you did wait 
uh, you know, this deep into the cast to bring it up because, you know, for people that, you know, maybe don't listen to the same stuff as us or whatever, like us bringing up SZA first and then this mm-hmm. was, was a pretty good, pretty good move on your part. So yeah. I tip my cap to that, but there's, there's a lot of good shit jam packed into 38 minutes of yeah. an album. And I was, I was blown away, honestly. Another piggyback on your vinyl take. <laughs> I think a lot of artists now, like ever since you know CDs and, and stuff like that weren't available anymore, people are doing digital stuff. They make their money at concerts and merchandise, and this is like a form of merchandise. So they're making yeah. money off that to support their to support. That's how they make their money. Yeah, so I think it's mm-hmm. really cool, you know. And for people like us that like to collect and get nerdy about it, it gives us something to look forward to when an artist puts out a great album like this. And you found that copy. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was like she did a, comp- a lot of like different variants, and a lot of places still do. Like if they're making new music, you know, they'll make CDs, they'll make cassettes, they'll make mm-hmm. vinyl, and they always had kind of have like exclusivity to it, like only a thousand made or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it like kind of makes you appreciate it a little bit more. Definitely. Um, but it does also, you know, also get really expensive. Like mm-hmm. I got this, and it was forty bucks on our mm-hmm. website. And I've seen it go from like 200, 200 bucks. I bet. Now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's insane. Like something that you wouldn't think would happen, but you know, like here we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this album because it had a great like '90s R&B vibe. Like it brought me yes. back a little bit. Like mm-hmm. her her voice and her delivery was very soulful, and uh, yeah, love that part about it. Yeah, and the there was a lot of good instrumentation behind it. Whether it was you know someone making a beat, or you know. What just like samples were like you know synth sounds that were used you know mm-hmm. very actual feeling like actually feeling like there was a legit jazz band in the studio with her on some mm-hmm. tracks and shit like it had like I said it's just it, it and it boggles me that this is the case you know it's so jam packed in such a short time frame mm-hmm. that and it is very accessible I was very pleased with everything I heard oh, yeah. Know. Freddie Gibbs feature was nice. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of familiar faces. Freddie Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Um, we see like it's kind of crazy because this is her like first like official album. Oh, okay. Um, she's been making music now since like 2016, 2015. Okay. Um, she had an EP. Um, that that was her EP before. Mm-hmm. So, but this is her actual like official album for her to have a lot of like really well known names like Freddie Gibbs. Um, Kay Trinata, West Side Guns on this. Yeah. Um, like, it's kind of crazy um, that she was able to get, like, so much talent. Um, D Mile, he uh, executive produced the whole album. And D Miles, he's done music for her, for um, Anderson Pack, for Sir, like, a lot of. Oh, damn. Like, very R&B artists. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool that, you know, when this was coming out, it's still kind of you know it's up and coming i guess um she has umi on it too the last song the japanese song Mm -hmm. um one of my favorites for sure but yeah man it's it's one of my favorite (laughs) r&b albums i guess that's i just keep going on no no you're good yeah but yeah what what kind of songs like which which songs did you guys like off of them uh for me personally it it started off strong Mm -hmm. you know and and it's (laughs) It's one of those things that, like, I don't know, I'm so big on, like, first impressions when it comes to music that, like, a lot of the time when we bring up an album that I really like and I haven't heard before, if I get a good first impression of, of it, 
I try so hard not to just put the first three tracks in as my top three, you know, just like automatically be like, but with this, and it was, this was a very strong example of it. You know, you start, started off with Chandler and then into, uh, falling in love, like those two tracks Mm -hmm. to start off the album. I thought, I thought were fucking great. And, And then you get down into on one losing, like it's just every song is great in its own right in my opinion you know it's it is damn near a perfect album like i didn't i i don't you know when i'm listening to these i try not to unless it's you know something i've heard before in the case of you know a couple tracks on your album i'm like oh i don't i'm i'm familiar with this Mm -hmm. but i didn't want to do that with any of these like it was like let's just let it eat you know Mm -hmm. i thought that losing stood out for me too definitely great song that's on you also one of my favorites for that one yeah oh yeah that's on you i really i really did like it too uh but like you said the whole the whole album just flows really well together mm -hmm. every song the way it plays out yeah what song was it was losing the one thing that drew it to me and this is to kind of explain the point i made earlier that one i was like is this a fucking real band behind her because like it starts off with that really nice little drum intro and then that guitar is like super fucking clean on it and Mm -hmm. It's just top to bottom, that song. Uh, it, it's in my top three for good reason. But it just really goes to show, you know, and a lot of people will just say, oh, it's just the producer that did that. And it's like, no, yeah. those people have to have a relationship with who they're working with. So she yeah. definitely had a, you know, and it's smart. You know, the the way that she did it was very unique. You know, it's like you mentioned, it does sound very 90s, you know, early 2000s kind of mm-hmm. R&B, but... At like some points, I don't yeah. know. She sounds like Brandy to me. At I was some gonna point. say, yeah, like yeah. At that some point, yeah. yeah, it's and she had a lot of like influence too from like Brandy, Mariah Carey. Okay. Mm. Um, so that's kind of where it comes from too. Her voice is just like really like angelic. Like it sounds yeah. very nice. It's mm. really soothing. Um, a lot of the songs on it, you can hear like her range too that she's doing. It's like she has really good pitch, like volume. Yeah. Like. Like, the notes don't fall out as she goes into different ranges and shit, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, On and On was one of the singles with Freddie Gibbs. Mm -hmm. Like, Freddie Gibbs is just, you know, at this point, he's already established as, like, a really good rapper. Yeah, so that's why when you just said earlier that this was her first album, I was like, she got Freddie on the first fucking track? God damn. (laughs) Right? Yeah, and then there's the West Side Gun, like... I hate that song. I was just say that's the worst song on the album. Hate that yeah. song. Yeah, I, that is the <laughs> only one I have skipped, and I skipped yeah. it this morning when I was saying when I was like, yeah, I'm not even gonna write that. Yeah, yeah. the <laughs> worst song. It's only good just because of the beat. Yeah, yeah, the beat. And talks. then you hear, you hear, hey yo, and then you're yeah, like, you yeah. skip. Yeah, like, all right. It's like I'll, I'll listen to you other, another time. That was yeah. like, it. That was. It's hilarious, honestly, and I feel like I want to be like oh it's cool that she managed to you know another big name west side gun on right. there but at the same time i'm like one i didn't feel like he fit the album like he no. could have been on any song and i'm like no what are you doing here and then he just acted like a like fucking a, clown yeah like a fool yeah i remember i remember the first day i listened to this i was at work and i ended up seeing you on my lunch and i had like messaged you and been like hey like this choice rice album's really good and he sits down with his lunch and he looks looks at me and he's like how you like that West Side Gun feature? <laughs> and I'm like, shh. I'm like, it's fucking garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, fuck you I told you, I was like, you're going to hear the West Side Gun, son, and you're going to laugh. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. As soon as it came out, I'm like, is this the same album? Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> is, this two through? is this two life through? Yeah, totally. Making sure it didn't fucking like auto shuffle or like yeah. auto play. Like the fuck. 
Yeah. But no, nah, man, killer pick for real. I can't I'm, wait to hear what else she does. You know, I want yeah. to hear other stuff. If she, because yeah. you just said she just dropped something like three months ago, right? Yeah, she just dropped a, a EP that has like six songs. Okay. Okay. But like, like three or four of them are produced by Kate Trinata. Nice. Um, it's pretty crazy that she is still like very new to like R and B, but is still having a lot of like collabs and features. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's pretty nutty. Um, the it's cool that the last uh, second last song I think. Um, that's on you mm-hmm. with uh, Umi and it's like she because she's Japanese okay um, oh yeah, yeah her mom was Japanese right? yeah her mom that's was right. Japanese and she's like speaking Japanese like in the song like that the song like she's like inputting. going back and forth with yeah the... she like inputs a Japanese like word like in the sentence like it's pretty cool that is and you hear like she's very like fluent in Japanese that's, that's pretty tight yeah it's interesting I like that I like that. I did prefer the songs that it was just her rather than the features. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you guys, I just felt like it was, I could hear her more and her delivery was a lot cooler. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree. Cause the, and then she, you know, kind of shows off a little bit more on yeah. those tracks, you mm-hmm. know, because it's just her mm-hmm. in the creative space. And so she's able to do more of her own thing, mm-hmm. which, you know, it makes sense. But at the yeah. same time, it, I do agree with that, that it was nice. And then the yeah. stuff with other people... You know, it's good balance. It was good balance, yeah. exactly. I think the Lucky Day feature, they like complemented each other so well. Yes, that's I had never heard of Lucky Day, honestly. Yeah. And so, like, that's why I liked the first two tracks so much. I was like, man, these two, whoever, whoever this motherfucker is, like, they're going back and forth pretty well. You know, I was yeah. I was kind of blown away by that. I almost forgot there was a feature on that because mm-hmm. of, you know, it's like yeah. you listen to it so much and it's just like, oh, yeah, they, just get they sound really good together. Same thing with Freddie Gibbs. Like, he was doing his thing on Oh, the, yeah. Yeah. The music video is pretty funny, too. He's, like, like hella flexing. Like, he's got, like, a Ferrari and shit. That's yeah. Like orange. <laughs> I watched nice. the music video this morning <laughs> for the first time, and I was like, what the fuck? It's so funny. <laughs> it's awesome. But, yeah, I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah, it's for sure. Kind of kind of bummed that it's so, it is, and it's one of those things, it's like, damn, this album's so good, I want it on vinyl, then you go look for it, and it's, like, not even remotely close to reasonable for me to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that that's going to be the case with this. Yeah. But no, I loved it, man. Yeah. Shall we do tops? That's good. Yeah. Tops? Okay. You go first? I guess so. Number three for me was Addicted. Uh, nice. Really liked that. There was some good, like, little synthiness on that. Oh, fuck. Honorable mentions. The first two tracks, Chandler and Falling in Love. Forgot about them. Uh, number two, losing, and the number one was on one. Just that beat was really nice, and that Freddie Gibbs feature was was nice, mm-hmm. and it was a good. It was just a good all around track. Oh yeah, Freddie Gibbs at that point he's he's like on top of the world. Yeah, exactly. Like after Alfredo came out, like he was already. Oh yeah, going yeah. off with the features. Um, if I had to go top three, um, my honorable mention, I'm gonna go um, with Addicted. Okay. Um, and then top three, I'm gonna go um, Chandler, uh, falling in love, and that's on you. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, three, two, one for me <clears throat> in that order. Uh, that's on you. The Japanese remix. There you so go. What's the other one sound like? I wonder. Right? She's just speaking like English. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. 
I like that. I like that. That's the title of it. That like the Japanese remix, mm-hmm. and it's like the same song, just Japanese. I like yeah. that. Uh, number two, addicted. Number one would be losing, and then uh, honorable mention must be nice. Nice. I like that mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Nice. Great pick. Mm-hmm. I was, I I was revisiting this a lot in the past like three days. I was just like, yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. I went on a yeah. walk on my lunch yesterday. It was like a nicer day, and I listened to this, and I was just like. Seeing all these yeah, people, hello, old man, <laughs> hello, young lady, like yeah. it's fucking, it, it's a, it's a feel good album for fucking sure. Uh, you like singing it in the shower and shit. Yeah, no, I was, <laughs> that was hilarious. I definitely I, am. I fucking, I messaged Jacob at work yesterday because I was listening to this, and I was like, you definitely sing Joyce Rice in the shower shamelessly, huh? And he's like. Yeah, I do, yeah. definitely. <laughs> and so I found a gif of Ferris Bueller in the shower yeah. singing, yeah, yeah. and I just put, like, you don't deserve me, like, just, like, in all caps. And he was like, God damn it. He's like, how'd you know? You've been watching. Like, <laughs> but, anywho, that was Overgrown by Joyce Rice, which was Jacob's pick for this week. Uh, we're going to go ahead and just move on to the next. Yes. Okay, it's time to dive into the next one, one that I'm really excited to talk about also, uh, which is Mr. Matt. That's me. What do you What do you have to talk about this uh, week? We're going to go back in time to 1990, uh, Violator by Depeche Mode. You are guilt, like shackles on your studio album jesus christ <laughs> that being said it was kind of the pinnacle album for their career it kind of got them into more of the mainstream mm-hmm. uh, into the u.s especially right um, people caught on to the two singles personal jesus and mm-hmm. enjoy the silence and after that it's just like super rock star stardom and uh their music's more uh 80s synth based and this album kind of strayed away from that a little bit and got more uh i don't know not techno but a little bit faster yeah and, um, I love Depeche Mode. I used to have all their albums on vinyl a long time ago. I'm kind of a nerd about Depeche Mode, so I'll let you guys talk about it. For a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. uh, no, Depeche Mode was one of those groups that I had heard growing up. You know, like I had a couple relatives that were super into them. And so that's why at the end of last episode, when you brought this up, I was like, fuck yes. Like, I'm, I'm so down. Uh, you know, there's so much and you know we kind of talked about them briefly when we mentioned when you brought up Bauhaus because mm-hmm. I was like these guys were one of the and this album in particular was like the pinnacle like starting point for like the whole goth wave kind of movement in the 90s and that made that so popular was bands like Depeche Mode and this album in particular was very much a, a catalyst for that and mm-hmm. so it's really great to go back and listen to this and you know kind of think in you know kind of think about that be like damn this really did spawn a whole bunch of shit because there's like synths in this like on waiting for the night that i've heard used in 
like even if it's like the tone of it or the exact run of notes that have been used in like modern EDM music. And so, yeah, I fucking yeah. love this album. I didn't know this was their seventh album. Me either. It's crazy, huh? Yeah, that's So they've wild. been doing it like early 80s. Early 80s, okay, yeah. Dang, that's crazy. It's cool that this one, though, it's like, it is, like you said, like a lot more kind of like electronic, mm-hmm. kind of. At, at some points, they have some instrumental tracks, too. Mm-hmm. Um, those are really cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny because I, at first, like I heard the name and I was like, I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you hear a lot of the songs on this and they're still played today, like yeah, still right. on the radio and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, I did like a lot. Um, it kind of had like a sinister feel to it. Like at some points it felt kind of like evil. Yeah. 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 Um, Waiting for the night is a good song too to bring that up. It's yeah, kind of darker, a little bit more melancholy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, to slow it down a little bit. Yeah, to uh, exactly, and it starts off like with that super smooth. But yeah, it does. And then there's what's the I wrote it down today, fucking the Memphisto. Yes, that with that was the one that like as soon as you said sinister, I was like yeah, Memphisto. Like that fucking mm-hmm. piano in the beginning of it is so dramatic, and it's yeah. like. I just imagine like a dude in a castle with a long ass cape just <laughs> yeah. Dee, 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 like, like thunder light, light, yeah, yeah lightning light, and shit, light, shit right? <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what that reminded me of and, it, and then there is also you know tracks like Personal Jesus where mm-hmm. it's like kind of pretty much pretty upbeat you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. driving and then you get super dramatic shit and that's like it's such a well rounded piece of work mm-hmm. in my opinion yeah it's really solid so the first that it started with like the what is it world of my eyes yeah it's fucking nutty yeah kind of a slower track that eases you into the album yeah this is their first album to sell a million copies in the u.s so it definitely that's why earlier i said it kind of brought them to the u.s damn definitely did by selling that many albums no kidding uh the album was produced by flood who's a huge producer has been for a long time he was behind the downward spiral by spiral by nine snails um, so with him and Alan Wilder, who was also in the band, they kind of did the producing, and then the rest of the band kind of did the songwriting and whatnot. Uh, the guitarist, Martin Gore, did a majority of the songwriting for every album. Damn. So oh. to have one person do all the songwriting for every album, it just, it's got to be creative. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. All those ideas. So uh, he's pretty clever. It talks a lot about, you know, immortality, addiction, guilt. Um, so when a band's able to touch on those topics and make an album out of it, you know, you might not hear it all the first go around, but you definitely pick up on it later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it is, you know, you, you bring up those themes and listening to this album, it has a sense and a feeling of vulnerability. Definitely. In my opinion, you know, like a lot of these songs, you know, it's like however you shape and view them in your mind, like whatever perspective they give you, it feels like like it just feels vulnerable and the fact that the album's called violator i think kind of adds into that but you know like i i fucking hate to bring up the song again but like the lyrics to waiting for the night like Mm -hmm. that in particular is a good is a good Mm -hmm. example of that Mm -hmm. but and so you know you bring up those topics that it does touch on Mm -hmm. and they do it in a creative way because they're not just sitting there outright saying like we are addicted you know it's like they kind of allude to it in a it yeah. both with the lyricism and the music and so i like i like that yeah uh it has the whole really good flow the whole album too yeah they go song by song um like they match the same they have the same energy mm-hmm. um, it's like very up and up, upbeat um kind of want to move around halo i really like that song yes um it feels really like sci-fi like really alieny yeah <laughs> It's yeah, man. It's 
Um, enjoy the silence also. Like, you know, everyone's heard that song. Yep. Um, same thing, uh, Policy of Truth. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's heard that song. Um, Kate, is it pronounced Kaylin? Like, the instrumental track? I always thought I it was Collide, like collide. a kaleidoscope. I, I thought I thought Kaylin could freaking... <laughs> Elden Ring. <laughs> That's exactly. That's what, yeah. Every time I heard it, I was like, oh, I gotta tell the boys about this one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an extra track on the reissue. I was like, oh, it's Kaylin. <laughs> Uh, Wait, it, it wasn't on the original album? No, a lot of those songs. Yeah, I think. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the last song is on that album. Yeah, I think it's look. clean. Maybe it's clean. I have it right here. I had it too. Yeah. Yeah, clean's the last song. Oh, okay. Then that's not originally on it. It's just like a. Is it the remastered? Yeah, the remastered one. Has all the instrumentals and dangerous and stuff like that. Yeah, dangerous. Uh, I like that song too. Yeah. Dangerous. Personal Jesus has a very uh, religious feel to it, but the song's actually about. Uh, from a perspective of Elvis's wife, really, how she looked at him. I really? guess uh, Martin Gore, the guitar player, read the autobiography that she wrote years ago, and kind of took some uh, ideas from that because she kind of worshipped him. And so that's yeah. what the song's about. It's not a religious song at all. That's it's about her hmm. thinking as Elvis. It's like a that's a fucking God. wild. So there's my fact for you. I have kind of like a weird theory. This might. <laughs> Go for it. Weird theory. <laughs> <I'm ready. laughs> Weird theory. Well, just because, and I know, I know that it's you know I've heard uh, there's some evidence to back this. This might have, in my out of any album that I've heard personally, mm. more than one song on it that might be like some of the most covered songs of all time. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the silence and personal Jesus. Sure. I have heard umpteen fucking covers of that song. Yeah, Johnny Cash didn't. Johnny yeah. Johnny Cash, fucking Manson. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a really really good cover of Enjoy the Silence by a deathcore group. They're like they're like a hardcore metal group uh, called Evergreen Terrace. Is it, it fast or is it slow? It, it picks up like for the chorus they kind of speed up the okay. tempo a bit, but it's like fucking distorted guitars like and it's a small group like they're not very popular at all so like it's not even on spotify but i meant to send it to y'all but i it's so and i've heard you know multiple other covers of it but i was like this might be like the most covered songs in one album like <laughs> that that i can recognize yeah. but no nah, it's and that that to all that to say that's how influential this album and this group were yeah, to, to music yeah mm-hmm. yeah it has that classic like rating to it like mm-hmm. it's you know it's a, almost a perfect album for it to come out in 1990 like right in the beginning of the year yeah it really set that whole decade up for like uh, like more upbeat fast-paced music like and just insane new genres that came out too mm-hmm. you know definitely set the tone or set the bar for what was to come next exactly that. like this is what you can do with instruments like yeah here's our impression of it exactly you know, they had all four members of that group were all just so good at what they did whether it was the producing the technical yep. side the songwriting side or even the vocals you know dave gahan who struggled with heroin addiction his whole life uh he still you know brought his game and his yeah voice decent voice yeah no i love it it's it's sad to hear that kind of stuff but the i don't know the adversity to still you know go through and you know be like massively addicted to heroin or whatever mm. and have like you know have your voice still sound that great because that's the thing about him is you listen to other albums by depeche mode and his voice is fucking consistent yeah, it's, it's like the, the most consistent thing in the band as far as sound goes yeah but 
after reading a lot of things about the band, he was very particular about his routine for his vocal training, so he never let that stray, whether it was you know, drinking tea certain times of the day or just training your, your throat to, you know, take that punishment and just shoot up. But Yeah, still <laughs> shoot up, but goddamn, my, my body's not exactly a temple, but let me <laughs> yeah. tell you about my vocal cords, man. Right. Yeah. Them things is diamonds. Right. <laughs> That's interesting. He was, like, just consistent on, like, yeah. his, like, training and stuff, like, keeping his, his voice in... Like as best because it, it for him to be like he's the same vocalist right there mm-hmm. all the, the albums thing, yeah mm-hmm. that's insane mm-hmm. yeah that's that is longevity and this was their seventh so they had been doing it for a while they had their music yeah and Alan Wilder ended up leaving the band I believe after this album or the next and kind of went and did his own thing due to you know personal struggles you know inside the band and addiction and all that but he's a very technical person too that really helped Depeche Mode in a lot of ways become mainstream and accessible yeah. mm-hmm. and it's all about who you work with you have a good producer behind the album you mm-hmm. know it's gonna get heard more exactly uh, question for you yes. how many fucking times have you seen these guys live just once. Okay. I, I wasn't a fan of Depeche Mode until I was in my early 30s, and then I just got obsessed with them. Okay. And by that time, they weren't really touring anymore. Gotcha. You know? And yeah. luckily enough, I saw them about four years ago up at the Moda Center. How was it? It was a good show. Hell yeah. It was a good show. You know, one of the band members, I think, died uh, shortly before that show or after. So oh, damn. It was cool to see them at that point. Yeah, regardless of whether it was yeah. before. No, that's... And they did a great show. You know, they had the, you know, it wasn't the best tickets, but you had the big screen so you could see everything was going on. Yeah. That's... That place was sold out. To sell out still damn. in you know, 2020 yeah. or 2019, whenever it was, it's like, yeah. damn. That's impressive. For that's... as old as they are, you know, people still love the music, you know, and they still brought their A-game. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Ah, damn. I just want to listen to Depeche Mode now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and it's a comfortable, it's like a comfortable feeling album, you know, despite, you know, it it has a lot of different feelings to it, I guess, as we've obviously kind of portrayed here. But it feels comfortable. Like there's something about it when I listen to Depeche Mode, probably because I had heard it on like the radio or like relatives playing it. But it just I put this album on and it just was comfortable. Mm-hmm. It was just nice, smooth territory. I don't know why. I was just like, man, like listening to this. I like, think different songs just have that synth aspect where yes. it calms you. Whether it's like clinging has a lot of those cool sounds or just calming. It's like do 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 do. Yeah, it just kind of calms you in a sense for me at least. No, I feel I that. Thank you for saying in better words what I was trying to describe. <laughs> uh, fucking killer, dude. Yeah. No, I'll start off the top three. Hell yeah. Uh, start off with three as clean. Uh, number two, policy of truth, mm-hmm. and then number one, Halo. Just a great song. Yes. And then honorable mention. You know, waiting for the night. Waiting which is so night. creepy. It's just like a. It almost doesn't belong on the album, but I'm glad it's there because it like separates, you know, a, a first and a second half in a sense. Exactly. I, that was the other thing I really liked about it was mm-hmm. its placement mm-hmm. in the in the order. But if I have to go top three, uh, number three, I'm going dangerous. Uh, really liked that one. Number two, I, I had to put at least one of the biggest songs on the album in my top three and enjoy the silence. I think as soon as I got home, I started editing, but I was like smoking a bowl beforehand and I listen to enjoy the silence because i was like yes matt brought up depeche mode i'm sitting there smoking a bowl and i like took a screenshot and sent it to you and i was like dude thank you i was like i fucking love this song uh and the number one was halo for me as well i really liked that one i I hadn't heard that song until listening to it this this go around and then honorable mentions for me waiting for the night and then personal jesus i yeah yeah great tracks someone who cares someone who cares (laughs) I like Halo. That's um, definitely my top three. Uh, wait, I'm gonna do 
honorable mention. Um, I want to say Kaled from my honorable mention, just because it's a cool electronic track. It feels very, very like, not techno, but like electronic. Yes. Um, and I like that style that they were doing there. Uh, World of My Eyes. Um, mm-hmm. Really like that also. Very electric like feeling opening to the album. Um, Halo. And then uh, I like Personal Jesus. That's probably my favorite track. Fuck yeah. Nice. Great. I'm glad you guys dug it. Oh yeah. No. I was... I was bummed to be missing out on the on the cast the past two weeks in general, but I was like, fuck, man. I was like, the longer we wait, the more shit I have to talk about Depeche Mode and Joyce Rice. <laughs> yeah. I was like, the more I listen to this shit, the more I appreciate. Um, but yeah, thank you again for bringing this up. Uh, that was Violator by Depeche Mode, which was Matt's pick for this week. Uh, go give it a listen. You'll recognize more than you think you would yeah uh anyways we're gonna wrap this bitch up with my pick for this week it's like a like a b variant of there isn't it a what there's a b variant of it like it's just like a b cover i think so but it's just like yeah it's kind of like that huh i think there is yeah but anywho we're over here showing and telling um my pick for this week to close out episode 32 of What You Spinning is uh, Flower Boy by Tyler the Creator, released in uh, 2017. Message me with some plans that are amusing as well. Cause I haven't seen the exit of these walls since my fall this morning. Got some cars I can handle, but nowhere for performance. My stomach angry and yelling. I need some food I can order, but I hate eating solo. Need some one week of order and parking lots at sunsets at the border. Yeah. Ringy dingy dong. I can't be alone. I've been starting to feel like I don't know anyone. Great album. Uh, you gotta say the full title. Though. I know. I'm getting there, dude. Okay, fucking okay, let okay, me. Okay, okay. God damn it. Let me. Let me fucking host, man. Rick. <laughs> <laughs> the full title is Scum Fuck Flower Boy. Uh, great name for an album. Uh, this it came out. Uh, I think, in my opinion, 2017 to 2018, kind of into 19 was a really wild time for, you know, like the big artists at the time, you know, uh, you had Testing come out, uh, Kanye West dropped a couple albums, Pusha T put out a really good one, Run the Jewels was on a tear, uh, fucking Tie the Crater. The list goes on of what was coming out in the two to three year span. Uh, and this was one of my favorite things that came out from it. Uh, so I have a good amount to say about it, but I'll uh, let y'all take the floor. This is his fourth album, I think? Yes. Fourth album. Uh, and I like the original title. Yeah. yeah. Do you know why he changed it? I was trying to figure out. I couldn't read up on why he did. Probably I, more accessible. I yeah. Think, yeah. I think it was. He's he's an interesting guy. He's a very interesting, like, creative dude. Mm-hmm. And so, but he's also kind of a fucking goober. And so I think he yeah. was doing that. He's like, I want to call it Scumfuck Flower Boy. But then the artistic side of him probably overtook and was like, listen to this album, man. Yeah. This they, they, There ain't no need for the Scumfuck on the front of it. Like, come on now. Yeah. And so. Sounds like he wrote a lot of the beats for this album for other artists too. Uh, whether yeah. it was Kanye yeah. and Justin Bieber, and they all either 
didn't return his calls or they just declined the samples and he's like yeah and he just took them i'm glad he did yeah. that because i don't want to hear these other artists doing this no. this is a perfect album i thought yeah um, so that was kind of cool to hear about that yeah um it features more of a personal life experience as far as the songwriting goes rather than kind of what he did previous yeah and so i kind of felt like it was more from the heart and i can mm -hmm. relate more to what some of the things he was saying in a sense you know yeah um, oh yeah so i appreciate that about songwriters and artists whenever they can do that and speak genuine mm -hmm. and, uh, say what they feel you know and i think he did that really well for this album 100 percent. yeah very at, well at this point he's definitely like tyler he's more artistic and he's like aware that he like has a talent because mm -hmm. like I've been listening to Tyler for a while now and his previous albums to this like they were very just kind of out there um, they're like yeah. a lot more like crazier subjects that he's talking about but this is he's like a lot more like kind of R&B neo soul feel to it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's definitely a lot more like accessible to the mainstream and it had a lot of really good reception for good fucking reason mm -hmm. like yeah. it's really fucking good um like yeah it's crazy to see like his progression right as an artist well in exactly you know and you just kind of said even and you and i have talked ad nauseum about this is that i when you and i probably i mean i can at least say for myself when i started listening to him odd future was still together like mm -hmm. that group was still together and so you know and then he goes on and starts to gain a little bit of traction in you know the media and like the mainstream with uh goblin that album that came out even more so with Wolf, but he was still mm -hmm. kind of under the surface a little bit. Like he was still trying yeah. to break through. And then he put out an album that didn't do well. And it took me a long time to like it, Cherry Bomb. Mm -hmm. And then, so he kind of faded, you know, he was just not in the mainstream at all. And then fucking three years later or two, three years later, he puts out fucking Flower Boy. And then it was like, yep, here I am. I'm in the, this album finalized putting him on the map you know because yeah. of everything else and mm -hmm. because of how accessible it was mm -hmm. so that 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 progression is fucking insane you're right yeah. is to watch yeah. that you know from talking about fucking pregnant bitches and locking them in cellars or whatever <laughs> yeah. to talking about you know feelings of loneliness and depression and like mm -hmm. very massive self-reflection is very does he nice. normally yeah. produce all of his albums because i know he produced this one mm -hmm. for sure I don't yeah know if he's always done that yep okay yeah it's, pre it's pretty cool he's like self-produced um all of his albums before this i don't know if Call yeah, Me If You Get Call Lost. Me had, yeah, it was produced by someone else, but um, yeah, it was just mainly him. That's cool. Um, it's really interesting, like, that in this album, he's not, he is rapping, mm -hmm. but it's a lot more, like, musical. Yeah. You hear it. And it's like last week, because <laughs> every time we get together, you know, we always ask, what genre are you bringing up? What genre? Mm -hmm. And Jacob was asking me, he's like, bringing up hip hop? And I was like, I Yeah, you were like, kind of r and I guess. I like, and he's like, what are you bringing up? Like, what genre is it? It's like, I don't fucking know. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, it's all over the place. Like, uh, But no, this album, uh, it came out and, you know, there's the, the track November. You know, it has the samples of the kid being like, my November was this time. And I think the reason why this album did so well and it you know skyrocketed him into into stardom was because his audience was like and this is speaking from a personal standpoint but i know that it's probably true for a lot of people i was i had just turned 21 mm -hmm. i was like struggling to make ends meet you know battling through a lot of shit and then this album came out and it was like oh my god he's talking to me man like <laughs> it was one of those albums that was really 
and it is a defining point. Like anytime I listen to yeah, this, I think is. of working Black Friday at Vans. You know, like it's just an iconic. It's like a time capsule for that time period and his fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it got a lot of people excited about music, especially me. Yeah, because I like when I was listening to music when this came out. Um, it was my senior year in mm-hmm. high school, um, and like. Um, I remember I had listened to Tyler and I kind of stopped listening to him as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but when this album came out, like everyone was listening to it. Um, I was listening to it a lot. Like you would hear like in the hallways and shit, just people bumping it. Yeah. Um, someone like for like, uh, like some like class project or something picked uh, see you again. Oh, okay. Um, and that was like her song. Um, and it was really cool. Cause I was like, oh, is this a new Tyler album? I haven't heard this. And then I got into it. And it took me a while at first. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's not really rapping as much. Yeah. Um, but now you appreciate it so much more. Because it's so much more like artistic. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot of shows. Um, it's actually really cool. Um, Tiny Desk. The, yes. Like, little, like, oh, those are cool shows. Performances. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He has one on there. And he's like mainly playing songs on this album too. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. Like you see how much like passion and like creativity he put into it. Yeah. He talks about a song called Fucking Boredom. Yeah. <laughs> like about being bored. Yeah. Like how creative is that? That's one of the best songs on the so album, good. dude. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. That's like, one of the better songs. I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's like he's just talking about being bored and like not doing something and trying to find something to do. Yeah. But it sounds so good. Yeah, and it is. <laughs> With that Rex Orange County feature, yeah, like it's fucking insane. Yeah, and, and it is, you know, it's one of those things where he's just talking about his lyrical content is just like accessible because it's like we've all been there. We've all been lonely. We've all been fucking bored. You know, we've all been sitting there and our friends ain't texting us to come hang out, but we know that they're doing something. Like, And so I think that also both of those aspects combined is why and i think i can't remember if it's like an interview or something but i think he has said at one point that this was his favorite album that he had ever done damn for good reason in yeah. my opinion no definitely it's it's a classic in his discography um one of my favorite albums of his mm-hmm. um he had a lot of really good features with frank ocean another familiar face mm-hmm. um Rex Orange County is my first time hearing him. Yeah. Um, I love that he was on this. Same thing with uh, Kelly Uchis. Yeah. That song is like his biggest song. Probably. Still. Yeah. And you get Lil Wayne, mm-hmm. fucking ASAP Rockies on That's there. Um, it's just. Yeah. God damn, man. I'm so. I, I've been sitting on this for a long time. You have. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> fuck it. I'm going to finally bring it up. Like. Uh, to to bring up real quick also like the because we were talking about it uh, before the cast like the, the the concerts and like the shows that he was doing um, he was playing a lot of songs on this album but who that boy mm-hmm. that song at shows like I just see like clips and videos of it and it's insane dude yeah yeah people are going off like moshing and shit the video of him calling people out for moshing yeah. incorrectly there was <laughs> like doing it right yeah there was like two mosh pits going and he's like stop the track yeah <laughs> and he just fucking roasts him i'll i'll show it to you before yeah, we bounce funny, but yeah, it's yeah. and he's and that's like goes into the thing i was saying is that he's a fucking goober yeah like yeah. so he just <laughs> he fucks with people like that it's fucking it's great but yeah. uh yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you guys liked this. This is one of oh, my yeah. favorites that I have. Yeah, I uh, love Tyler, dude. You you gotta love Tyler. Like, yeah. Especially his newer album. I liked it a lot, too. Um, Call Me If You Get Lost. Yeah. Um, he 
he's starting to get like more into the hip hop. I feel like, but yeah, he still has, and he always does this too. I wanted to bring this up. Um, what song is it? I think it's Garden Stead. Garden Shed or Garden Shed? Yeah, my handwriting's just fucking shit. <laughs> um, I live in a Garden Stead. Yeah, Garden Stead. <laughs> um, I think it's that song. Or no, it, it's See You Again. I'm, I'm a dumbass. But yeah, he always does like this R&B love song in his album. Yeah. Like with See You Again, with uh, I Fucking Hate You on Wolf. Yeah. That had Pharrell. Like he she... always, yeah, he always has these like love songs that he makes that are really good. Like, yeah. Really fucking good. And even, and you know, looking at all of them, they might not even be, like they're not, they don't sound like a love song. Mm-hmm. Like... Like, I Fucking Hate You is an intense-ass song, uh-huh. but it's, like, it's always... He does always have at least one that's, like, about a relationship or something, and it's yeah. it's fucking fire. And his, his his production is, like, very uniquely his. Yes. You hear his production, and you're like, oh, that's Tyler. Exactly. You know it is. Yeah. Um, any closing arguments? No? I will start off with the top tres. Uh, number three for me, 911, Mr. Lonely. Uh, that song, incredible. Number two, boredom, and then number one was November, for me. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Uh, honorable mentions. Just look at the track list. Um, it's that good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, one quick thing. The probably why I like November so much is one, it's a great track, but it was on like Van's radio that would play in the store when I was working, okay. and so like all mm-hmm. holiday season, I was just listening to November every day, and I was like, yeah, that's cool. It's fucking sick. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I'll go next. Honorable mention be November. Uh, number three, uh, Boredom. Number two, Garden Shed. I liked how Garden Shed, I think it was Potholes and Boredom, that, that whole three song, it just flowed so well together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number one was Who That Boy. Fuck oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like yes. that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, if I'm going, honorable mention, uh, Pothole. I like that beat. Mm-hmm. I like I like his production on that song. Yeah. Um, See you again because fucking Callie, she tears it up. It's so good. Um, 9-11, just because that Lucy in the Sky sample. Mm-hmm. That, that I like that he did that. Um, it sounds really cool. Um, and then Boredom. Hell yeah. I really like Boredom. It's, real, it's so creative that he just fucking... Uh, <laughs> talk about being bored. Talk yeah. about yeah. being bored. Who does that? <laughs> but... Who does that is Tyler the Creator. We just finished talking about Flower Boy, his album from 2017. My pick to bring a close to uh, the discussion side of episode 32. We're going to go ahead and show you what's going to be spinning next week. Oh, but KB, it's time to show y'all what's up for next week's episode. Uh, going in order as per usual, which means, Jake, you're up to bat. Yes, uh, so I'm going to go with some jazz. Um, so it's Pete LaRocca. Okay. Um, it's a really good jazz album. It came out um, in 65. Nice. 65, so it's yeah, yeah. some old stuff, some good stuff, though. Hell yeah. What do you got? I've been holding this one back for a while, so it's about time. Back end view. Oh. Yeah, now the funny. 1999 Black on Both Sides by Most Def. Let's fucking go. I ain't got to say anything else. Nope. You're good. Most Def. Uh, and for me, I've been waiting until I had a physical of it, and it came in the mail last night. A Sense of Purpose by In Flames, a Swedish metal band. 
their album from 2008. Uh, love this album, and I think you guys will too. But that will be episode 33. This has been episode 32 of What You Spinning. We hope you all have a great week. Stay warm. Stay hydrated. <laughs>